Welcome to the Glittering Bell Jar, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Valerie. And I'm Bree. We're two writers and Harry Potter fans. In this podcast, we explore the Harry Potter series by reading it backwards. As you might recall, Harry and his friends discover the power of the Glittering Bell Jar in the Department of Mysteries as it causes objects to move backward and forward through time. We're doing the same thing each week, working backwards through a few chapters, starting with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ready to explore Harry Potter in a new way? Then join us in the Glittering Bell Jar. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Glittering Bell Jar. The Glittering Bell Jar is a Harry Potter podcast where we read the Harry Potter series backward. First season, we started with, of course, The Deathly Hallows, and now we are in season two, uh, reading The Half-Blood Prince. I am here, as always, with my incredible co-host, Valerie. Valerie, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually in an airplane right now. I know it doesn't look like it. Because I'm in what? my office, but I'm on. I'm in an airplane using the power of technology to make sure that you don't miss, dear listener, a single episode of this podcast. I, as mentioned in a previous episode, had a, two trips this month as we decided to release an entire month of daily episodes uh, at the same time I had about 20 days of travel. So this is beaming to you through the magical powers of the internet, which is really, I would say the muggle compensation like there's one point in the series where arthur weasley is like i don't know oh no it's hagrid hagrid's like i don't know how muggles live without magic this is how we do it with technology (laughs) uh yeah i love that that's very cool where will you be heading i am currently magic time travel capabilities on my way to the maldives that island place you've seen on instagram with the water bungalow things i'm headed there for a work project unrelated to harry potter would be great if it were harry potter related but I don't think they do Harry Potter stuff there, so... No, probably not. Although the reels for that would be fantastic. You could, you know, say a, say a spell, say a charm, and just, like, show something magical. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I, I, I did pack my wand. It's not sitting here next to me on the desk that I'm about to put it in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Sean and I are preparing. Sean has decided to go to photography school next year so he will be in missoula from september to may so we are he's like busy getting stuff in the house done which is really actually hilarious things like he's making steps for the cat for oliver um our uh, mascot here at the glittering bell jar uh he's making steps because we have a really tall loft and so he's just making steps all over the apartment so he can just run and walk everywhere which is his version of preparing for leaving. <laughs> it's just making sure the, the animals are happy. Wait, so are you are you moving or are you staying and he's taking he's going and you're staying with all right, the Right, so I'm staying and he's just going to go for 9 months because we got a bunch of furniture, we had so much stuff and there's really no telling where he'll get a job after he gets done. Um mm-hmm. or maybe he'll just mm-hmm. come right back and want to start a business doing some kind of certain thing. Like there's just no telling and I don't want to move somewhere where it's that cold. So fair enough. <laughs> At least and not like move all our stuff and then go and then come right back in nine nine months is really not that long of a time. Yeah. So. Also, I feel like it's funny that you say that when we were having just a few episodes ago, just like, oh, it's too hot. We need to move somewhere cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't win with me. I really Seattle runs me. Yeah. I like it's yeah. Temperate. Or London. That for me, that's London. I also love Seattle, which we've previously discussed in an episode as well. But yeah, London is my city mm-hmm. for that kind of weather. So, can't make us happy. That's true. You can make us happy. Just let us talk about Harry Potter all day. 
which brings me to, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe in your podcast player of choice. And just to give you a quick rundown of what's going to happen, as we are reading the series backward, it would make a lot more sense if it's your first time listening, if you go back and start at least episode one of the season. You could go back and start at episode one of season one, which was Deathly Hollows, as Brie mentioned in the intro. But you will probably need to at least be starting at the beginning of the season since it is backward. It will not make a ton of sense since we do this time travel paradox where we reference previous episodes, which are future chapters in the book. So just listen to it all and then it'll make more sense in each episode if you decide to stick with us in this one. Brie will give us a synopsis of the chapter. I will read the last sentence, which is where we always start our reading, and then we will discuss. So without further ado, I'll let you take it away, Brie. Cool. Chapter 7, The Slug Club. Back at the burrow, Harry is obsessing over what he saw Malfoy doing in Nocturne Alley. However, neither Ron or Hermione seem to think it is newsworthy. The next day, they are all escorted by ministry officials to King's Cross. Before boarding, he lets Mr. Weasley know what he saw at Borgen and Burke's and insists that he look into it, despite Mr. Weasley being unsure about the advice. Once on the train, Harry is left to fend for himself, as Ron and Hermione are prefects and therefore in charge. After being dismissed by Ginny, who was going to meet up with Dean, Harry finds a compartment with Luna and Neville. During lunch, Harry and Neville are invited to Slughorn's compartment, where he finds other students also there who are apparently well-connected. After his lunch, he follows a Slytherin back into his compartment with Malfoy, where he hides under his invisibility cloak in the luggage compartment overhead. He hears Malfoy telling the others that he has moved on to bigger and better things, which is a job from Voldemort. The train arrives to Hogsmeade, where Malfoy stays behind, to unveil Harry by cursing him, stamping on his nose, and leaving him behind on the train. Yep. And the last sentence of this chapter is, Taking care to tread on Harry's fingers, Malfoy left the compartment. Dun dun dun. Okay, if you don't know what happens next, (laughs) go back and listen to the previous episode, because we covered it in that one. Yes. Okay, where do you want to begin in this chapter? There is a lot in this one, too. It's every episode. Okay, so my tidbit is at the very beginning of the chapter, and it is... uh, I'm just curious about Floor, because reading from the back, um, you have Floor's character arc, which we know that she is brave, and she loves very strongly she loves bill she doesn't care that he his face is marred she actually thinks it's cool like oh she thinks that means he's brave and you know she's good looking for the both of them uh which is my favorite quote uh <laughs> and now i'm looking and i'm reading and i'm kind of wondering if flora is annoying uh you know she was one of the things is she actually does talk about tonks a little bit and she says she should she's like well have you seen tonks she really should, you know, kind of clean herself up. I'm like, oh, that's so rude. And she's even like looking at herself um, in the reflection of a spoon. And I was like, oh, she doesn't show people her her depth. And that, you know, I guess that makes sense. Or maybe she, I don't know, she grows some depth later. I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I wonder if in some ways a Vila or a half Vila or a quarter Vila might get a little weird when they're in love. Like, people get weird around them. Like, they have a magic that makes people wonky around them. But maybe something also happens to them when they actually are in true love that makes her a little bit less nice. Like, I'll say, I mean, we haven't read Goblet of Fire in a while, but she's kind of like, she's not necessarily very vain, but she's not, she doesn't really have a lot of depth in Goblet of Fire. And then 
we don't really see a whole lot of her and we're going to get more of her as we move further back into this book but here yeah she does seem quite vain she's examining herself in a teaspoon she's got a commentary on how everybody looks but we know that she gets to be i mean as you were talking i was thinking she's a gryffindor she's brave and she's loyal she's very loyal to bill and i wonder if that's sort of her maturing i mean first of all she's only three years older than harry ron and hermione so she's only 19 right she's still a kid and she's fallen in love and love makes everybody weird and when you're a villa and you're in love maybe it's like you and you and you're you know you're you're you not only is she in love she is receiving true love and maybe that makes her like it's not the kind of obsession that villa normally get it's like bill actually loves her for her so maybe it makes her vain i don't know i agree it's it's she, she's not as well represented here as she is later in the book or even earlier in the series and i don't know how to explain that yeah and maybe she's just nervous. She's hanging around with her, like, fiancés. Yeah, in-laws. in-laws. It's probably awkward. And she's used to people that probably care about And they don't her. like her. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, living with her future in-laws. Yeah. Her mother, future mother-in-law, does not want her to marry the man she's going to marry. Her future sister-in-law, the, all the women are kind of threatened by her, is almost what it seems like. Like, she messes up all their plans, or she distracts all the men around them. Inclu- I mean, Hermione and Ginny being the same way. And, uh, you know, maybe she just, like, has to insulate her ego by being like, no, 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 I'm beautiful. <laughs> like, whatever. These people. <laughs> Who cares about them? I mean, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to keep reading, because I do want to see... Maybe there's mm-hmm. some more of that. Probably not till book four, but I want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a ways till we get more much more mm-hmm. floor. Uh, so the first thing I had actually was on basically that same page that you were on, which was page one thirty two of the Marie Grand Prix versions. Uh, I just had a quick little fun image of the two grim faced bearded Aurors in dark Muggle suits, and I think of them like uh, wearing black sunglasses. Like, couldn't be more conspicuously <laughs> s- FBI CIA types. I mean, that's not what they would be in the UK. Obviously, they'd be MI six or whatever. But like. They look incognito and they're clearly like it's you're clearly security guys. You're not blending in with anybody, okay? <laughs> like nobody thinks you're you're you know dark muggle suits and dark sunglasses just standing there like eh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I imagine them in my mind. It gave me a little chuckle. And yeah. then the next thing that I had was about Harry. In this in this chapter, we're kind of moving between what we what we know in the podcast and what we know if you've read the book in order, which is that. Harry has information about Malfoy and he's trying to figure out what to do with this information. And he decides he's going to tell Mr. Weasley, which I think is a very cool trend that Harry does. He tells Mr. Weasley a lot of stuff. And we know that actually Mr. Weasley is probably the only adult who acts on the information that Harry gives him about Malfoy because he raids the Malfoy Manor. Uh, But he just like, I like the way it's described. Mr. Weasley was the right person first because he worked at the ministry and was therefore in a position to make investigations. And second, he thought there was not too much risk of Mr. Weasley exploding in anger, which is clearly what he (laughs) thinks will happen if he tells Mrs. Weasley that he and Ron and Hermione snuck off from the security detail of two highly conspicuous security guys while they were in Diagon Alley. Yes, yeah, that's literally a perfect segue because I wrote down Mr. Weasley, cool dad, question mark. Because he, cool dad. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool dad, which you would tie that in beautifully because you said Miss Weasley would explode in anger, where Mr. Weasley has to literally be that exact opposite when you have George and Fred, which is he's like, I, I'm George and Fred's dad. Of course, I saw you guys sneak off and I did wonder where you went, but he obviously knew enough not to say anything to Molly. And I, I want to know more about Mr. Weasley. And I hope we get to see more of that through that lens as we read because... 
he's just kind of portrayed as a little bit of a dork, a little bit like dense, you know, maybe like it feels like Mrs. Weasley's maybe the smarter one, maybe a little more alert. And I would love for my mind to be changed about that. I think that's an act. I think Arthur Weasley knows that life at home is much more peaceful when he lets Molly Weasley run the show. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I mean, one of my favorite Arthur Weasley lines in the movies is from Chamber of Secrets when they fly the flying Fort Anglia back and he comes home for breakfast and he sits down with all the boys at the table. And Molly's like, your sons flew the car all the way to, you know, London last night. And he goes, how did it go? Oh, that was very bad. You know, like he like, he does have a different relationship with them than Molly does, obviously. And that even to Harry, with them as sort of proxy parents, that even Harry has gotten folded into that dynamic that they have with their children. Hmm, do you have anything else? Okay. So yeah, the next thing, it's just a cool little tidbit. Uh, The next thing I have is uh, whenever Luna shows up on the train, it's page 137, but it is actually the, they are describing the picture, the famous picture of uh, Luna Lovegood, which is she shows up with her... um, Spectre spectacles and then her quibbler uh, magazine and her outfit, her crazy outfit that I actually wore for Halloween. And I was like, oh, there it is. That is the the famous picture. It's probably one of the most, when you Google Luna Lovegood, it's the picture is you Is that see from this book or is that from Order of the Phoenix? No, uh, well, here, I'll find it. It's in it this like- book. I think the famous one is, is from the movies is in the Order of the Phoenix because she's there in her Spectre Specs and she lowers oh. the magazine. Because at this point, Harry's just like, yep, Luna, Spectre Specs, Quibbler, got it. Like, he's not really fussed about it. He knows her. No. No, 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 no. It is this one because that's how she finds him is because she has her Spectre Spectacles on and sees energy flying around hmm. him. She's not wearing them in Order of the Phoenix when they end up in the carriage with her? Yes, I think maybe she's just... We'll have to wait and dang. see. Dang, now I don't... Okay, yeah, I'd love to see. Okay. Because that's where they meet Looney Lovegood. I'm going to call her Looney because that's what they call right. her until Ginny corrects them. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Moving on. What yeah. do you got? Yep. <laughs> the last thing I have from this chapter is about Malfoy because that's sort of where the chapter ends. It's this interaction he's having with his fellow classmates in the carriage and he's saying, you know, I might not even be at Hogwarts, so what do I care if Slughorn likes me or not? And what I think is interesting is he does go back to Hogwarts. We know he goes back to Hogwarts in his seventh year. And I can't figure out why. Like if if he is being told at the beginning of his sixth year, between fifth and sixth year by Voldemort and the Death Eaters, his parents, you might not be going back to Hogwarts next year, after this year. Why do they send him back to Hogwarts in his seventh year? Is he is he accomplishing some mission there now? Or are they just getting him out of the way? It would seem to me that Voldemort would keep him at Malfoy Manor because he's basically a hostage. And he keeps Lucius and Narcissa and Bellatrix in line. My guess is because they aren't sure that he will be successful. And my guess is Voldemort especially does not think he will be successful. And that they would not be able to take over Hogwarts. And if they can't take over Hogwarts, then he can't go to school. But because... Snape becomes headmaster, then he can go back to school. Oh. And I would assume Narcissa would be like... You're finishing your convinced. education, young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then convince Voldemort somehow, mm-hmm. like, oh, he can keep an eye on everything or mm-hmm. keeps the... You know, he can report on Snape if he sees anything. Yep. Hmm. Yep, exactly. Got it. Okay, that makes yep. sense. Thank you. I will accept mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, something... One more small thing... Um, 
the Milda Vane is the one who asks Harry to join her compartment whenever he first gets on the train. And she kind of makes fun of Luna and Neville and says, you know, like, if you don't want to hang out with them, you don't have to hang out with those people. And she is the one who slips him the love potion who Ron ends up uh, taking. But Mm -hmm. we love whenever, you know, things kind of line up in the book. And there's that little Easter egg. She was obviously the only one brave enough to stand up amongst all the girls giggling. And she's the only brave enough one to poison him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like her character. That's just me. (laughs) I think she's nicer in the movies. If you watch the movie, she's not as nefarious as she is in the book. But... In the movie, I mean, in the movie, there's the scene, and we haven't watched it as a writer. This is just the random knowledge I have stuffed in my brain. It's the scene where Hermione and Harry are in the library, and Hermione's putting away books, and they're talking about, you know, you need to invite someone to Slughorn's party, and then Ramilda Vane is, like, waving at Harry across, and Hermione's like, she only wants to go out with you because she thinks you're the chosen one, and Harry goes, I am the chosen one, and then she whaps him with a book. (laughs) I just, that's a great scene between, between Harry and Hermione. Again, what we were talking about, I think it was last episode where they have this great platonic sibling type relationship yeah no i love it too i agree that's one of my another favorite moments yeah she doesn't seem anywhere near the point there i was making is romilda vane doesn't seem anywhere near as terrifying as she is where she's literally trying to poison harry to make him fall in love with her which is like merope gaunt type stuff like not good (laughs) yes exactly yeah (laughs) yeah she's a monster and not yeah, nice. She's a, she should be in Slytherin. That's a Slytherin move. I'm just, just saying. Mm-hmm. Sorting hat got it wrong. It does sometimes. They sort too soon. Dumbledore even says it. I think we sort too soon. Yeah. She hadn't grown into her evilness <laughs> yet. Well, cool. Anything else? That's all I had. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us on another episode. We are always, always grateful if you enjoyed this. Please head to your podcast player of choice. Give us a rating and a review or just a rating. You can just put the little five stars. It only takes a couple seconds. Just one through five. Pick what you want. Um, And then if you want to and you have the time, you can write something. But, you know, for now, you can go in, put your five stars. And then later, if you want to, you can also write a review. Either way, it helps us and we appreciate it. We also are on social media. Valerie, I'm going to let you take this over because you've just been smashing the social media game lately. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I've been doing the reels. If you've been enjoying the reels, that mo- not all of them. Most of them are me. The cover images, the really good cover images, those are <laughs> all me. Uh, yeah, you can find us at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We have been primarily focused on Instagram while we've been releasing new episodes because that's where most of our audience seems to be. But... You can find us on those other platforms too. You can go on there. You can like things. You can follow us. You can also comment or send us a DM or check out our stories. Every day during this month, there's also been stories with the links to each day's new episode. So you don't have to remember. Though, you know, don't forget, you need to subscribe. If you're a new listener, make sure you go into your podcast player and subscribe because that's the best way to get new episodes. But if you forget to do that, we are sharing them over on social media as well. And uh, yeah, that's the that's one of the ways to get in touch with us in real time, if that's what you want to do. Feel free to email us as well, podcast at followthebutterflies.com. Followthebutterflies.com is a Harry Potter website dedicated to all things Harry Potter uh, by Valerie. You should check it out if you love Harry Potter, and you obviously do because you are here. So you will love it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've been checking that inbox now. So if you email me, I'll actually see it. <laughs> uh, there were no... 
highly distressed listeners waiting for me to reply when I checked it most recently. But if you are feeling that way, please send us an email. And last but not least, if you are enjoying this and you want someone else to talk about it with, you need to share it with a friend. And this week, you should share it with somebody who... Has dressed up as a Harry Potter character for Halloween. Yep. Share it with somebody who's dressed up as a Harry Potter character for Halloween. As Bree said, that is a great idea. I have done that. I did that in high school. So you got a ways (laughs) to go back in time before you find me not qualifying for that one. Yep. Same. Not high school, actually. But still. Yeah, you didn't read it until after high school. I know. I know. Late bloomer. What can I say? (laughs) All right, well, we will see you next time. See you in the next episode. The Glittering Bell Jar is a Harry Potter podcast produced by the Calibro Group in partnership with Wild Goose Creatives. It is an unofficial fan project that is not authorized, approved, licensed, or endorsed by J.K. Rowling, her publishers, or Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated. Our theme music is Carnival of the Animals R125, Aquarium by Moments, licensed via Soundstripe. You can discover even more magic on followthebutterflies.com.